Welcome, Dirty Peasants, to episode 13 of the Warwood Gazette podcast. This week we'll be covering Amphibia Season 1, episode... Episode 5, and Theft Auto and Breakout Star. I'm your host, Thumbaticon, and joining me today, we have Pixels. Hello. Hi. Nick. Hey, guys. And Lemur. Hello. So this week in Amphibia News, we had uh, Amphibia was nominated for a Daytime Emmy for Outstanding Animated Series, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is like one of the highest, like one of the highest awards that an animated show could be nominated with. Yeah. Yeah, and there's it's some stiff competition this year too. Oh yeah, yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah, we got Mm. like Hilda. Hilda, Kipo, and... Um, Craig of the Creek. Craig of yeah. the Creek. Which ended season three, by the way. Yeah. Great. Yeah, Great. I, I, and I, Tales, Tales of Arcadia, uh, Wizards. I've never heard of it. Yeah, no, like, from what I heard, it, from what I heard, it could be like any of them from what I've heard. Like, I've heard people saying like a lot of good stuff about all of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but honestly, like, the, the only... Uh, like, the, the, the show that I believe would probably win here is... Maybe it's Hilda, but I think Amphibia may have a good chance here too. too. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you for that assumption because I think Hilda got nominated for like four other awards, right? Like, yes. Yeah, that, that, that was one crazy day for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like, it's close. Last season too. Oh, sorry, last. It's last season, season three. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Keep it's still yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's still yeah. crazy that Keepo came out in like less than a year. Jesus, like they they blew their load in that show so hard. Yeah. I'm just I'm, yeah. gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna be surprised if like any of the judges actually watched it. Like I I can't I wouldn't be surprised if they if they didn't even know it existed. But oh, but actually here here we are. Actually, oh. they, they didn't know. Yeah. All right, so I think we'll get right into Ant Theft Auto. So let me pull up the credits. So, Anne Theft Auto, uh, written by Geneva Mee, storyboard by Drew Applegate and Cheyenne Curtis, and directed by Derek Kirk Kim. So, the episode star- starts off with the planners taking a, taking a joyride on uh, Bessie, even though Pop Pop basically doesn't want to go anywhere. They're just driving without a purpose, I guess. So, uh, So Anne, Anne wants to drive, wants to drive Bessie, and Hop Hop surprisingly agrees. But only until she reads the uh, reads Bessie's story, aka her manual. So while Hop Hop takes Polly for to take gives Polly a bath, uh, Anne and Sprig basically just grab Bessie and start driving around until uh, they get stuck in a. They get stuck in the forest because Bessie's not coming out for some reason. Oh, and before that, they they uh, pass by Mrs. Croker and Sprig. Just uh, was being Sprig and agitating her with some road rage. But uh, while they're stuck, Sprig goes to get goes to get help while Anne stays to watch Bessie and see if she can do anything. But then eventually she just gives up and then decides to wait for Sprig to come back and decides to read Hop Hop's or Bessie's uh, story. So we cut back to Sprig. Sprig is basically looking for a ride. Mrs. Croker shows up and then she offers to give him a lift and her ladybug vehicle is very slow. Cut back to Anne. Anne is immersed is already immersed in uh, Bessie's uh, Bessie's story. Recalls a flashback. Uh, flashes back to Sprig suffering with Mrs. Croker. Goes back to Anne. Anne starts reading a book about, and start, she continues reading the book, and notices or that uh, that the common predator of the snails is the, these mutated, weird, ugly-looking hedgehogs. Then eventually they all show up. Then 
in order to and gives the uh basically like the the warning call to Bessie. Things are getting messy, and then Bessie heads out. They have a little chase. Eventually, uh, Bessie just shits out a shits out like a distraction kind of like oil slick thing. They end up, which ends up deterring the hedgehogs, and then eventually they grab Sprig and go home. And then Mrs. Croker reveals that she was just trolling Sprig the whole time. So they get back to the planner home and decides to spend the night outside continuing to read Bessie's, Bessie's uh, story. And then the next morning, uh, Anne just wakes up Hop-Pop looking tired. And uh, we end off with that iconic line of Hop-Pops where he doesn't feel safe. So that's pretty much... So that's the episode, and uh, I really liked it. It was nice to see Bessie. I'm a big Bessie fan. Uh, the the Sprig, Sprig and Mrs. Croker were hilarious. I liked that side plot, and I really liked Anne learning to not treat Bessie like as a vehicle, but as a living being, which is good. Because Bessie's a queen. But, uh, Starting with Nick, what were your thoughts on this segment? Um, well, honestly, I just like really liked this episode. Um, liked a lot of the jokes. I liked, I liked how it sort of showed, like you know, sort of showed like another flaw of Anne, where she can be selfish and just sort of go off on her own while ignoring like you know everyone, everyone else's um feelings and ideas in the situation. And I'm like, I, I tried to especially pay attention to this episode because like. All the way in the future, um, the second temple, you know, Valeriana, she mentions that, like, this was, you know, this was, like, an example of, like, Anne's problem where she can be selfish. So, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I just really found Anne Theft ought to be good. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I forgot about that callback that Valeriana did with Anne, like, recalling her past deeds, or her past bad deeds. Uh, Lemur, what were your thoughts on the segment. Okay, so Anne Theft Auto is actually like one of my earliest favorites of the of season one. Primarily because it's like the comedy in this episode is really, really good. I <laughs> I adore everything I adore every single joke on this episode from uh from Anne's like Anne's impatientness to Sprig and Mrs. Croker being the like, banter. Like, also, this is like Mrs. Croker's first appearance in the show. Am I if, if not? If I'm not wrong, correct? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mrs. Croker, she's freaking great. <laughs> I I love how she just essentially trolls Sprig because, well, he deserves it. Like, and I think it also. I think, I think that moment. Is like might be a setup for one of the one of the future episodes of One B, which we'll tackle <laughs> very, very, very yeah. far in the future. But yeah, yeah aside from that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Miss, yeah, it can be. Mrs. It, you, yeah, it, it, you know, it could just be like a really good explanation for why <laughs> she doesn't yeah. like him. But yeah, we can get to that later. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that eventually. But yeah, Mrs. Croker in this episode was freaking great. Bessie, this is one of the more one of the first uh episodes where Bessie got the spotlight and it it and it really shows why she is one of the more fan favorites one of on of, of the fandom because yeah, her her story is really really good and her, her personality is just very sweet and I know a lot of people really and that alone makes like Anne Theft Auto one of the earliest standouts of season one because yeah, like it's not necessarily plot relevant like like rest of the season, but the characters here really do shine. And I also really like Anne in this well, I don't Anne in this episode because yeah. It still continues her flaws from the very beginning, which is again very weird to see after 
everything that everything that we have witnessed in season two. So, so see, seeing her like this again is weird. But her learning those lessons is very rewarding because this is another step closer to her being accepted to the planter family more in the near future because Bessie is a very huge, very important part of the planter. And so making her making their relationship clear and make and love Bessie is a nice step in that direction. So yeah, overall, I I really like this episode. It's definitely one of the one of the more fondly remembered episodes of the early season of early season one, and it definitely shows why. All right, thank you, Lemur. And uh, Pixels, what were your thoughts on the segment? Uh, it was a really fun episode. The uh, pacing was really great. The joke, the timing of the jokes were perfect. I agree with what Nick said that it kind of fo- it, like we're still focusing on Anna and how selfish she is. But I feel like the whole entirety of season one A is just her connecting with 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 the environment she's in, and I feel like uh, Anthophiles is a perfect example of that because she doesn't really. She just said, hey, I'm going to just do this. I don't need to read any stupid manual, but she didn't know that this manual was basically a biography to how to Bessie and how how connected she is to the Planet family. I love the... I took some screenshots. I put it in the server, which I kind of thought was funny. It was... Uh, the little Mrs. Croker with Sprig was pretty... was funny and all that stuff. Yeah, it was a really great episode. Nothing. All right, thanks, Pixels. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I liked uh, Polly didn't have. Oh, sorry, if I before I talked about Polly, the very beginning of the segment where we see uh, the planners driving by some signs. One of them is a vote toadstool sign, and the other one is the Stumpy's ad. And it says Stumpy's. It probably won't kill you. <laughs> so I guess that's like a set up for not set up, just like a easter egg for a future episode yeah yeah yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah just i noticed that like amphibia does that a lot because um <laughs> oh no shoot no this isn't the other episode but i probably should bring it up yeah but like yeah like amphibia does that a lot where it just sort of like i didn't know this is like the first time i ever watched it because like, i i guess i didn't know what the future episodes were but like still it's like there's just this sort of organic feel to it where like you know the whole i guess like the whole town the whole season just like feels alive because they keep referencing things that might have happened before and or in the future. Yeah. And uh Polly doesn't have a lot to do in this episode, but it's just hilarious when she's like where Hop Hop just like takes her away and she's like, I blame I'm learning this from you, Anne. And then like later on she's just like jumping around. Like Apparently, Hop Up spent the entire day trying to trying to wash her. It's Polly being Polly, I feel bad for Hop Up. <laughs> just, I just feel bad for Hop Up. He's doing the best he can. He spent yeah, the enti- he spent the entire day trying to wash Polly, and he didn't make any progress at yeah, all. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> she still had mud on her. Like she must have been jumping around the house the whole day. <laughs> the yeah. amount, I mean. Technically, they should have rem- like removed some of the mud on her body, but you know, yeah, logic, being, I guess. Polly and po- yeah, yeah, Polly being Polly. Yeah, Polly guess. being Polly. She probably just found she probably just found some more dirt to go jump in. in the house. <laughs> it's true, true. And, and Hop Hop's face when he's like taking Polly away, it's like he knows he's like in for a bad time. <laughs> yeah, that poor old man. <laughs> like, I feel like I feel like it's just so easy. To um to not see how miserable his life can be sometimes, like he just knew he just knew he was gonna have an awful day. As soon as he looked at yeah, I'm seeing the image now. As soon as he looked at Polly, he just knew he was gonna have a bad day. Yeah, he's used to it. Yeah, that, oh, that's what yeah, that's what sucks. Like yeah, he's the only character in the show to have like random super you know super morbid lines. Like oh man, sometimes you just gotta wonder about Hop Hop. And then 
we, we see it really like early on in the season. Usually, when Anne suggests doing something a little, uh, a little morally wrong, Sprig is usually like he he's like the voice of reason very briefly before Anne like convinces him. Like in this case, he like hesitates to go on Bessie's like. This is is this maybe this is one of those decisions we'll look back on and say, oh boy, we probably shouldn't have done that. And then Anne just like bribes him with ice cream with the thought of ice cream. And yeah, I think this isn't the only occasion where like Sprig almost has the right idea, and then he's just led off from that from that path, I guess. Yeah, sort of like I think uh, did the same thing happen in Grubhog Day because I can't remember that. Yeah, I think that does happen a few times. Yeah, it happens in Grubhog Day. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, where she convinces him to get into trouble. Huh. I mean, just like the first episode, right? Like best friends. Yeah, and uh... yeah, you know how far Anne has come as a character when you see when they're trying to. Get Bessie mm-hmm. to come out of her shell. Season two, Anne would give Bessie a proper leaf. Season one, Anne gave her this like, like, let me let me post a screenshot of this. Yeah. this it's really, yeah. it was like like a don't even know. It was like a dead pile of leaves. Like that, it was like a mushy dead pile of leaves. Like, like Spr- Sprig like, had a like, like look at know. this shit. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't put this in the compost bin. <laughs> like, <laughs> Anne had the audacity to try and feed Bessie this. Like, it's Anne. I don't even know. Anne. Yeah, it's so... I guess she just learned to become, like... I mean, she was... I mean, Anne was... I think... I, I, can, I feel like I can say Anne is a nice person right now, but, like... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> she... Before she read that book, she had like little to no care for Bessie. She she called her like a vehicle, gave her that mushy yeah. leaf. Just yeah, no, it's just so weird to see this such a huge contrast between like season two and season one. I mean, like Best Frogs was already bad enough, but like yeah, this is just something else. I like that little transition where uh, where Anne is starts reading Bessie's story, and then like it transitions transitions into Hop Hop's voice acting or sorry bill farmer's voice acting that was just like a neat little thing and then like the oh, book is just filled with just yeah and the book is just filled with all this like, like random like descriptions where mm-hmm. it keeps leading back to like another person like i don't know how to describe this like because like, if you if you pause and look at the book it says uh it keeps it keeps referring. It keeps trying to defy some define a term with another term, and then it just like keeps repeating. <laughs> oh, it does, man! I never like I noticed that, we, that I could read, but I, I never like stopped to actually like take a look into it. Yeah, I no. mean, it could be like old timey talk or whatever, because you know how hop hop is. Yeah, I just, yeah. Oh, man, it, it would be kind of cool to get some. I wonder, though, because, like, he, I just wonder how, like, Hot Pop's past life with Bessie just, like, fits into him being, like, the wrecker, you know? Like, how does all of that just, like, sort of come together? I feel like, I feel like he just has, like, a ton that he can talk about from his past, you know, that, that he hasn't shared yet with him. But, I mean, I don't yeah, know. I think still, that's one of them. Yeah, we still, we don't really have an idea of, how old Hop Hop was when he got Bessie because like I think in the flashback where they show him in the snow they like, they cover up his face and I think that was probably intentional where they didn't want to like place that scene in a certain like time frame I think just like by covering up Hop Hop they could just avoid answering that question and then also like leaving the writer's room right. to like change the timeline if they ever needed to Because maybe I'm. This is just going to be like a random guess, but like, you know how when I'm in Bessie Michelangelo, like Bessie has like you know the like like a drawing of her family, and it's just like you know the current planters plus Anne and Michelangelo. But like, I guess Brig and Polly's parents aren't there, so like maybe so. 
I don't, is there a chance that he brought Bessie in after all that stuff happened, or like, or or did he, or was he just never around home of Bessie or so? I don't know. I I think it could be like one of the. I think I think it could be like one of those two. I think I think she's older than that though, because like the way Hop Hop talked about Bessie and oh, yeah, in Bessie Michelangelo, he's like, he's like, unlike Usually. Michelangelo, you are an old snail, and uh, Lisa's along the lines like you've had uh, your share of winners. Yeah, and he's like true. laughing at Bessie. Yeah. He literally he did he did just like not care that like he he just didn't care about her feelings in that situation. But I don't know. But I think, I do think my favorite part of this episode is just the idea that, like, Anne learning to drive Bessie, you know, it sort of gives her a chance to get, yeah, like, like Lamer said, to get closer to the family by, like, learning mm-hmm. some planter family history and, you know, actually, I, I, suppose, I suppose, like, gaining, like, a role into the family because, like, now she can be, she can be one who helps, you know, Hop Hop take care of Bessie and drive her around anytime they need to. Like, sort of just really, this is just something, like, I, I feel like, it happens eventually, but like I feel like she d- definitely does become like, you know, the elder granddaughter of the family. And I think, and yeah. I just think like riding Bessie is like a first step. Yeah, for sure. And even even just riding Bessie, like later on, they address in in uh, season two, Night Drivers, like where Hop Hop mentions like Anne's the only other person who's like read her ma- read the manual. So like he's the only she's the only one like he would be able to rely on. Yeah. It, oh, see, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely that. Definitely that. I, I just think it's, a, it, I think it's just at some point in season one where, like, she really does join the family. Like, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. I think we're getting close, but we're not there yet. And, uh, Pixels, any, any final thoughts on the segment? I really just kind of said that. This was a good episode. This was a good example of how Anne is connecting to the environment and to the and to the planters as a whole. It's a great episode, right. though. And I think Lemur's having some tangle issues, so I think we'll just proceed to a breakout star. So breakout star is. Let me open up the credits. So. Breakout Star, written by Gloria Shen, storyboard by Aaron Austin and Hannah Ayobi, and directed by Derek Kerr Kim. So, the episode starts with Anne just, like, waking up screaming about her acne. And then, uh, like, we get that fun little joke of, like, the planners, like, wanting to quarantine Anne. <laughs> but then, Anne's very, uh, conscious self-conscious about this because like the town already sees her as a freak and then just going out there she doesn't want to go out there in public but then hop up like drags her like hop up tells her like they have she has to come help sell uh their their beans at the market so she like covers herself up even though people still know it's her and they're just they're still terrified of her so uh, they try selling some beans, then eventually, like, Anne loses her disguise, and then to her surprise, everyone loves her acne because it looks like ruby ruby warts. So then while the town is, uh, while the town is, like, treating Anne like a, like a celebrity, we cut to Toadstool, who's uh, in his office trying to figure out how to uh, increase his approval ratings. Or the uh, the election that's happening next month, and he sees like he sees Anne's popularity, and then ha- hatches the plan to have this help this campaign. We cut back to the planner home. The planners are and Anne are all look at all the gifts they've received or that Anne has received, and then eventually Toadstool shows up at the door, and then him and Anne go on to talk about. Uh, just being popular or whatever. And then the players are left in the dust. We get a montage of Anne just like cutting the cutting the tape at a bunch of new uh new buildings that are opening up. And then again players are being left in the dust. So then after the montage, Toadstool 
shows Anne her new her new apartment or her new like her new room. And uh the planners just casually walk in through the window and then Anne is acting like a like a bee. <laughs> and then uh because she has she has like some other events to do. And then when when the planners leave, they start like Spring starts talking about like oh she like starts to like trash talking her and Anne can overhear and then Hop Pop mentions, Oh, like when one of your own makes a bid, you gotta support them no matter what. And then Anne starts feeling a little bit guilty. But then the next morning she wakes up, her acne's gone, and then the first thing she does is to call the planners to help her like figure out a solution. So they tried sneaking her out, but then eventually uh, she's revealed, and then Hop Hop stays behind for like an overly dramatic sacrifice. So then Anne has like the decoy like berries as a as her acne, but then eventually, like, she realizes like she should just be who she is, or just. She shouldn't hide or pretend to be something she's not. Uh, reveals the disguise. Toadstool gets mad or upset. And then, while like making fun of the town at the same time, they get all pissed off, and then they start chasing him down. And then eventually, Anne is just grateful to have the planners, and then... Uh, like the, they, Her and the planners like reconcile... And then the episode ends with them heading back to the apartment to like use the hot tub before Toadstool changes the locks. So that was Breakout Star. And yeah, I thought this episode was alright. And I think this episode, along with Ant Theft Auto, it was definitely, I guess, the peak of Anne's, uh, I don't want to say unhealthy traits, just like her, like, it was the peak of the season where we saw Anne's flaws on display in the show, I guess. And, uh, I guess, Lemur, like, what, what were your thoughts on the segment? Okay. So, this is actually, like, one of my, well, contrary to, like, contrary to Antip Auto, this is actually one of my least favorite episodes of the, of the episode of the episode of the season and possibly the entire show simply because like I don't know like the plot itself just kind of doesn't make sense to me like what like I don't understand like the frog's obsession with warts it's probably some biology some biology thing that I do not know but like the fact that the the, the fact that the that Wart would forget that Anne was a monster simply because she has pimples is kind of stupid to me. Like they they emphasize the fact that her pimples are like the red rubies that are apparently very uh desirable, but like other than that is like. It still it it still it still confuses me so much and like and aside from that this is also I think this is also where Anne is at her very worst because yeah like to back to your point this is really where we see Anne at Anne at her least like least like at her least likable where she is like the very She's very much the contradiction of what we know now. And, you know, that kind of character is annoying. And, and, and for the majority of this episode is annoying. Like, for, like, and I know that's on purpose, but like, even though it's on purpose, you can still feel it. And like, and like for the majority, but, you know, even with all of my transgressions here, I there are still some really good things about. There's still some good things about this episode, primarily from uh, the characterization of Toadstool here, which, which with the benefit of hindsight, gives 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 this episode a lot more makes it a lot more enjoyable because, yeah, 
he's a corrupt polit he's he's a corrupt politician, but what makes him what makes him tolerable for the most part in season one is that he's a he's a he's a corrupt politician that gets his comeuppance every once in a while. Like yeah, he tries to manipulate the polls in this episode by using Anne's star power. But yet at the end of the day, because of his ego, he gets he gets he gets from it. And this is one of the many examples of him getting his getting punished for his misdeeds. And I really like that. And especially from what we know from his transformation in season two, it's kinda it's also kinda charming now to see Toad still like this because yeah it really because it also Toadstool is also like an if an example of what of how much Anne has affected Wartwood as a at, in the majority of the show because if a corrupt politician can somehow be changed by just where wily 13 year old girl who's also just as mate who's also just as bad as him what would you you can we can really say that Ward would that not only Anne is a special is a special individual but also Wardwood itself Wardwood Wardwood is a very special town and the fact that toads still change is a good example of that Aside from that, the planters, the planters here didn't really do much aside from helping Anne, you know, continue this facade for them. And well, they successfully are doing it so until Anne learned his lesson, which is, which is another good thing about it because about this episode that I really like because, yeah, she really learned her lesson here and. Ever since this episode, she never got that bad. She it really feels like her character developed from this episode. And yeah. I I really like that. Overall, the Breakout Star for me is like it's still like one of my least favorite episodes, but the power of hindsight really makes this episode a lot better than I initially thought. It's still un it's still not it's still not good enough for me to consider it like very good or solid, but it's a good episode. But I consider it not as a good episode. Alright, thank you, Lemur. Uh Pixels, what were, what were your thoughts on the episode? It was an alright episode. This episode reminded me of another of a show. That had a similar premise, the Loud House. I'm not sure if you. Kind yeah, of we, we've all heard yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that episode. Yeah, was... uh, we never heard that episode. Uh, <laughs> never heard that show before. What? What episode is that exactly? Um, out of out of a limbo, out of a limo. <laughs> That's. I think it was a season one episode, basically linking one of contests from a mustard company. And now he gets to spend a full day of having a limo to himself. But then he, some rich dude came and said, hey, I like your limo. You want to join my limo club? And he said, sure. Then that's when his, his selfishness came to be and acted like he was rich just because he had a limo. It was stupid. It was a dumb episode. Amphibia did it better, but yeah. It kind of, I liked how it showed how selfish, like, how something very simple can, like, make a person be, like, acne, like, acne, it makes sense why, because, you know, warts, people think they're, they're frogs, so. I actually don't know what else to say about this episode. It was fine. Nothing really to point out, but it was fine. Yeah, thank you, Pixels. And yeah, like the episode was fine. Like, yeah, I didn't think too much about it until like, with exception of one thing, but I'll bring that up later. And like, Anne like buttering herself up was 
literally, literally buttering herself up was not was not uh it it, it looked it was gross under, understandably but uh nick what, what were your thoughts on the episode honestly like when i started the episode like i expected myself not to like it that much because i remember like the first time i saw it like i wasn't the biggest fan of it but like Honestly, I just feel like the way they handled like Anne's descent in this episode, it wasn't like I feel like it wasn't too obnoxious because like it sort of had like a setup at the beginning, you know, where the whole town's just disrespecting her, and like you already know that like at this point, Anne's the type of person who wants to like you know kiss up to someone, make themselves look good in front of someone else to make sure they maintain that sort of relationship they have with them. Because like I mean, we, we can tell that at this point, but. I don't know, like, yeah, like, yeah, I think I definitely agree that this was, like, Anne's lowest point, because the whole scene where, like, she just grabs a stick of butter and just rubs it all over her face, like, that was disgusting. <laughs> that was just... Yeah, like, the obsession, too. Oh, uh, like, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot to, like, I forgot to mention that scene, because, uh... It was just... I forgot... I forgot that this episode has gross-out humor, like, and I just watched it, like, two hours ago. Yeah, I'm like I don't even know. I was just I was just too shocked to say anything. Which what did she even say? She like she said I got to keep these babies hungry. Like I was like, oh my god! Like, like <laughs> I was like, Anne. I was like, Anne. Geez. But like that's why I feel like I, I can't hate the episode because I feel like in hindsight right now, like just looking back at like Anne's core issue, which I feel like it's it's like a lack of confidence. It's needed to be like a like a like she. Like she needs to submit to you know she she needs she needs to like satisfy people to make sure that you know she's good. I don't I don't know how to put it right now, but like yeah, I feel like this episode really established that, especially because of how like you know Warwood was like you know bullying her at the beginning. But yeah, honestly, those are my thoughts on it. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Yeah, like and just like she craves, she craves the like the admiration of the town or whoever she's like whoever she's with and uh it's not like yeah like this episode is fine but like i think the jokes in this episode like i think the jokes in every episode of amphibia is what like saves even the most like lackluster episodes <laughs> yeah yeah it was, like, yeah yeah, it was I don't so want really to live solid, in this like, planet anymore. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. The fa- Anne's. Jo- I don't like. It's Polly's reaction, and then Anne's face. Well, like she seems so proud of the idea. Like it just. It made me pause it and just keep and just start laughing for like thirty seconds. Like I, I just couldn't stop. Like I don't even. I don't. It's just. I don't know. That's why I feel like. That's why I feel like. What. That's why I feel like. Is what saves it because it's such like it's such a generic plot to have a character let fame get to their head, but like the way Amphibia just like you know, adds these little things in. It, it just save the, saves the episode and makes it better than you ever think it would be. Yeah, and even, like, that scene where, like, Hop-Hop stays behind to distract the town. Oh, and, like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, he has her shoe, yeah, he has her shoe and, like, he's, yeah. In, no. like, the slow-mo. <laughs> See, that's just great. Man, but and I don't know. And Polly after. Man, I remember, like, I, I, I didn't, I tried to, like, see if like we saw any you know like town regulars like croaker stumpy maddie or something yeah. but like it was just like it was just like wally in the crowd like when toadstool was about to give his uh, yeah when Anne was about to give her speech like you could only see wally um in the crowd right there so i don't know i guess is that like a sign that they were saving them for later in the season or like do I they only have so. like yeah okay yeah maybe it was just that yes. then yeah yeah like we are we i guess that like we're like or be introduced to the townies very slowly. So, like, showing them, like, sh- saving them for... Not showing them for cameos is, like, a smart thing to do. Because it makes them more... It makes their appearances more special, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, like, you can put... Yeah, okay, yeah, I, I totally... I get that, yeah. Yeah. I, or maybe they didn't have the characters at this point, or... I don't know, I'm changing the production yeah, that's code. That's a factor, too, because, like... The production code's 104B. So it's only B, one episode so. behind. It's not that... Yeah. Or, it's not that early in the... Wait, when is, like... Oh when God. it was the Hop Hop and... Wait, was it... Hop Lock? What, what, what's the production code for that episode? 
Uh, let me let me check that. Oh yeah, yeah. There was like another thing I was gonna point. So like, oh yeah, there was like this one thing I was gonna point out though. Like, I think it's a scene where. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a scene where. Um, to- um, yeah, Toadstool, he's trying to figure out like what he's going to do for his election campaign. I just noticed that like he said that the election's in like another month. And, yeah. and that, I feel like that just sort of connects back to like, you know how I was talking Pop-pop about the, you know, the or- Yeah, the, the, the organic feel of Amphibia. Like, yeah, it's like a direct reference to Hot Popular. And, like, I-, I just like those little nods, yeah. So Hot Popular's production code is 102. But then Animal huh? Beast is 103. Hmm. Hmm. I, I wonder what... Oh, wait. Because Grubhog Day was like their first episode they actually produced, right? Apparently. Apparently, but then the production code says it's it's 111A, so I'm not sure. Like, maybe the production code and, like, whatever they worked yeah. on isn't, like... It's it's not in that order that we're yeah, thinking about. Like, yeah, production order is, very, is, like, unreliable in season one. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. I was on the topic of like hop, pop, hop, popular. Like, have we seen those? Have we seen those buildings that uh, Anne and Toadstool opened in the few, in that episode? Um, or, wait, I don't think so. Like, orphanage, we don't see anything about that. Community center, we don't see that. Yeah. Yeah, that statue is definitely not there anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's gone, the yeah. school, right. It's it's only, like, the, the elementary school that got destroyed, apparently. Yeah. And, yeah, and they took that down. I don't know what happened to those buildings. Just vanished, I guess. <laughs> Been taken down by monsters, apparently, off screen. Mm, probably. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like for um, Breakout Star, besides like a sign for like Anne's growth, I, I think it also did a good job of like furthering her relationship with the planters because like it's I think it showed her like the type of relationship that or I, 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 like let's just say family yeah the type of family or friend group whatever that she wants to be a part of like it, it's one that will like you know stand by her even at her worst that'll be there to help her and I yeah hop I, hop up said that like one of your, your yeah one of your own has made it big. You have to support them no matter what. It means that Hop Pop considers Anne as one of the planters at this point. Yeah, and like, that, yeah, that's what I was trying to. I think, oh, yeah, true. yeah, that's actually true. Yeah, yeah, maybe this is a sign of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, yeah. yeah, but like, even though he said that, it feels like he she still has it is not like fully fledged in that part of the family. She's still like an outsider. Like maybe. Oh no! Sorry, keep going, keep going. No, no, I was, I, no, I just finished my point there. Oh, okay. I, I was just gonna. I guess, like, maybe, maybe each of them, like, you know, sort of came to the conclusion that, like, Anne was, of, um, you know, was sort of like a part of the family at their own point, like, because, like, I know, I know, there's like this. I know Anne. Um, I think it's in it was a family shrub or something where, like, she realizes that, like, even I guess non. What was it? What was it like? Non frog? I can't remember. But like, non frog like, members can be a part of yeah. Planters. So, I, I think I think that was like maybe like Anne's moment where she realized that like yeah, this could be my family. I could be really. I, I could be a part of this. So I don't know. I think because like, I I considered it to be Anne versus Wild, but yeah, like it could be yeah. Like she literally states out loud in Family Shrub, which is nice. Yeah. I do like the I do like the point that uh, each of the planters like could have their each individual point where they consider Anne as like a part of their family instead of just like one one moment together. But yeah, I still think that they're like Anne is still like there is like she she ha- she's still not part like truly part of that she's family at this point. Yeah, but like, yeah, she's like a relative, but not like an actual family member. Well, it's probably we'll probably get that in like one of the very few next episodes. Though. Yeah, well, I I'm, think we're getting I'm pretty. Close, yeah. yeah, we're pretty close though. It's getting close. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like at a certain point, in, I think I think it's like by to- because I think maybe toe tax will be like. 
It'll be like, you know, it'll, it'll be at a, you know, it'll be like the last one because I feel like after Toe Tax is when it and starts having your like, you know, sort of own individual episodes of like the people of Wartwood. So I, yeah. I just feel like that's like, that's going to be like, you know, sort of like, uh, like, the, like the last bridge off before we, like, we just move on to other things for season one. Yeah. Toe Tax is like, Toe Tax is where Anne is like a part, were really, was really established that Anne is a part of. Wartwood, but earlier than that, it was established. It is the it has really been built that Anne is a part of the Planter family. Yeah, yeah but, but like here, it's just like, she's can still, I go back to live in your basement? Yeah. yeah, she's still she's still a she's still like she's still like a close captive or like yeah of it, the Planters, mm -hmm. but she, but her relationship with the Planters is been getting stronger in each succeeding episode. Right. Yeah, because mm, yeah, I think that's really true. Because I think yeah, even in this episode, like uh, I think it's when yeah, when the planters come to visit Annie, like they break, then they then they basically break into her, uh, her mansion or whatever. But like yeah, like they break yeah, into they her just, mansion. Like, they just open the window and just yeah. walked in. And then they just got. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm so didn't mention that. Yeah. But like I think like Anne, yeah, she even describes like. She doesn't. She doesn't describe like the planter residence as like you know as a former home. Instead, she's just like, "Oh, can you guys believe I was staying in your crummy old basement?" Like, there's sort of that like detachment between them. You know what I mean? Like that space that she like. There's sort of that so that space between them that just stops them from being a family because like, it's like yeah, she just said, yeah. Like, yeah. She's still she's a just, guest. She's still a yeah. guest. She still feels like a, yeah. Um, I just feel like I just wanted. To, is there like a, is there really a specific episode that we can really just pinpoint the moment where like Anne truly is a part of the family like well, that, well, well maybe well, but I'll, I'll die on that hill when we get there yeah, yeah well, like, we'll but maybe to... maybe there isn't like a specific moment where Anne will like finally became a member of the family but maybe we can pinpoint an episode where Anne starts to be feeling like a part of that family yeah it's... I guess we're just gonna pay close to her lines. I'm like, we have to like. Yeah, we're we're. Each, each I mean, yeah, this is the point of the podcast. We're 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 rerouting time and like, and examining these episodes with a with the benefit of hindsight and analysis. Exactly, that's what we're doing. Yeah. And I like the uh, when Toadstool like tells Anne that she like doesn't need the planners. And then she's like looking at her phone, like her phone lock screen, and it's like this, like most, like some shows would like probably put some like very like formal looking photo of the family on like a character's like phone wallpaper wallpaper slash lock screen, but like here it's just like Sprig and Polly are doing like funny faces and like Top Pop like has like no idea what's going on when she took the photo, like. Let me, let me post in the he chat. Got, he got blinded by the flash. <laughs> no, I, I just I just can't wait for Pop Up to learn how to properly use a phone because like like the season three intro promises that doesn't it? Like he's just chilling, probably just swiping through Facebook or something. You know he's old, like just doing all kinds of swiping, stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah, Pop -up, yeah. This no. is great. <laughs> this is just great. This is just great. Yeah, Pop Up has no clue what's going on, but I, I just can't wait for him to become like addicted to our phone in season three when it finally has like Wi Fi so we can keep on watching like. Like what's the show called? Island. Island. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I can't. I feel like that's gonna be a gag in season three. I can't wait. Yo, many possibilities. I can't yeah. wait for Hop to like argue with like, argue disagree with people on the internet. Okay, I'm gonna say it right now. I'm gonna say it right now. Okay, Boomer is gonna be a line in episode season three. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. Yeah. The fact they probably. And I guess it could work for them because, like, for, I guess it could work for Anna saying because, like, n they've been gone from Earth for months now, so they aren't really updated on like. Yeah, you know, they need to be updated yeah. with all like the memes yeah. and sh and stuff that they and that Anne missed out. Yeah, someone's gonna cringe at Anne dabbing as soon as she gets. She's gonna get that call. <laughs> Like, I don't even know. I, I can't mean, wait Dabby, to dabbing, dabbing is like outdated when the show came out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Doing that doing that yeah. now and like in and when they get back to Earth it's gonna be even more cringy. Yeah. Yo, so it's like is Anne gonna dab back home and then like you're gonna get laughed out of the room? 
<laughs> yeah, like, hey, Ed, how how is school? And then she's like, just like walks to her room and like shame. <laughs> I got fucked because dabbing is not trendy anymore. God, there's so many. There's, I mean, there's, how many now? There's so it's many not just... lit anymore, Sprig. <laughs> God. God. Uh, I'm so I'm so ready for all like the outdated internet language that season three is probably going to bring us. <laughs> like I I doubt that's going to happen, but I really wish it does because dabbing like, dab, dabbing an amphibia should have been like. Cringy, but it was just hilarious. Yeah, no, it was just, I don't even know. It just, I don't know. Like, I never cringed at it. I, I just like, kept on laughing. I was like, what, what the hell? I was like, what the hell did Andrew do? Yeah. Like, I was just like, man, like, I don't even, I think there's like, there's like three different scenes, right, where we see her dad. Like, she was like, doesn't she have like a statue of herself? Yes. Yeah, like, yeah at the end of the year. Oh my god, yeah. Oh god, that's funny. Even, it was, wasn't, it wasn't was dad being like 2017? Like a 2017 like, thing, yeah. and then the show yeah, came out in like at, at least 2017 to 2018 thing. Because yeah. I remember it being a 2017 thing. Like yeah, when was, I was yeah. like, pretty old, yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty like what four years now? Holy, like good grief! It was four oh, years. Man. Oh god! Yeah. What and this is my this is my favorite fan art of oh, all time. God. Oh my god! <laughs> <is> her. <laughs> oh my god! Oh gosh, it's gonna be it's great. I love I love this show. I just wanted to bring up like moments before we went moments before we started recording, like I was just going through the the episode and I noticed that like it's I don't know if it's intentional, but the way Toadstool's looking out of the window when he's like plotting his like scheme and then like then in season two, for Toad of Redemption, we have Anne and Toadstool looking at the window again. And Toadstool is like, Toadstool feels like he doesn't, Toadstool's at that point where he doesn't want to leave Wartwood anymore. I don't know, it's just, it was a nice, it was, it, it was a nice, like, thing to think, think about, I guess, with how far Toadstool has come. And just like having, like, he's literally looking out the window. It's like, a, it's, it's like, it's a self. He self reflect. It's it's a reflection of himself, and he's like, yeah, it's like well, he's self reflecting, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, was, I think. Oh no! Yeah, you, you go ahead. Go. Ahead. I'll go after you. Uh, sorry, I, I was gonna say like I feel this might just be another case of us over over analyzing stuff, but I feel like this may be actually intentional. You know, it's the framing. The framing of of the, of that scene here. To that, to that, to the, to the, to that one in Total Redemption, it's exactly the same. The framing, the framing is like really one to one. So, I, it, this may be us again over analyzing stuff, but I really believe that this is actually what they're going for. I hope so, because like yeah, that's... No, I can... Because oh, it's go like, ahead, Nick. oh yeah, because I think it's not it's not even like the first right. This isn't this isn't like the last time Amphibia shows like a character's reflection in the like you know, right. You know what I mean? Like this isn't the last time like a character just like literally reflects by looking at them by looking at a reflection of themselves. Like this isn't the first time that that's. I mean, yeah, this isn't the last time that's ever going to happen. But like, uh, what I really appreciate out of that whole. Yeah, I, I'm just. I think it is intentional too. Yeah, I think it is intentional. Like what I really appreciate that is just, I, I just like how. I just like how it sort of like contrasts the relationship between season one and season two. Where like season one, like I, he just looked at Anne as like either a nuisance or something he could exploit. But then by season two, like for more on equal grounds, the other I'm not gonna say they're the friends, maybe the acquaintances at best. But like, yes. yeah, but like it's not yeah because like in season two, like he, he he's not seeing her as this new fresh thing that he can just use to manipulate the town. Instead, he's like this is a part of the town and I'm just wondering if they have any advice for me, anything to help me out here. Like, yeah, like it's, I just like, like that in total redemption. Like he didn't like, he didn't even ask to, and to like come to him. He just, and just come to, and come to him because apparently, you know, he hop pop has tickets when he wasn't even in town. And yet, but 
Toadstool asks her for advice because he realized that he he actually loved the town of Wardwood at that point. And it was great. It's and like and from being from being someone who's just using the town as like a political tool to being someone who actually does care about his his citizens and the town that he's governing, it's it's honestly very satisfying. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, his development. Yeah, I think I don't know. It's I I always thought that when I started season one, I always thought Toadstool was just going to be this. You know, he was just going to be the stereotypical crummy old mayor. You know, something yeah. like that. But like, yeah, I don't know. It would be like a minor a minor villain to be honest. Yeah. Like, we'll be back in yeah. season one because like we didn't have anything else to go off of from him until Until, end of the year yeah and the season finale yeah that's true like total yeah beforehand like total was just like this consistent like you know antagonist but like i don't know like i just really like the route they took him from here i mean he snuck his way into my top 10 in my like in my opinion like he's definitely snuck his way into my top 10 like total i don't think total and and dev they probably didn't like like they don't necessarily like each other, like in end of the year. But Toadstool really earned. I think Toadstool earned Anne's respect. Or wait, no, and and earned Toadstool respect when you know that the shenanigans happened with with end of the year, and then it yeah. went on to becoming becoming actually liking her. And to expansion the planter family when they when they all travel to Utopia and when that and when they and when they're missing them because when they're when they're missing their presence because they even he admits that the pre, that them being gone from Wartwood makes Wartwood pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah, I think. We haven't really talked about breakout stars much, which makes sense because like this episode wasn't really that exceptional. Exceptional, but yeah, it was. It's nice to like see where the events here led to, or like yeah. the events here were like the stepping stone for those yeah. future episodes. Yeah, it's nice think, to see that I, big change. Yeah, yeah. I think breakout star is an episode that is not going to be remembered fondly, not because of itself. But it's going to be remembered fondly because of what it's actually what it sets up. Well, like most episodes of season one. Not to be not to not to say that season one is not good. Far from it. That's what we're here for. It's just that looking at it with it, the power of hindsight made us made it made us realize that season the season most of season one episodes, despite despite being solid on their own, are more... are are actually more impactful because of the setup that they give to future events. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's been season one's, like, like, I guess, mission statement. Just have a good time while also setting up setting up paths for a definitive future, which is season three and three, and I really like that. Yeah, and I, and I, I honestly, I do feel like there, there is like a sort of progression in season one where I just feel like, I just feel like future episodes that happen in one B couldn't have happened if like you know certain episodes in one A didn't happen. Like just, yeah. just the whole like the whole episode yes. of um, co tax. Like I think that like if if and if it was like an RPG, I feel like co tax is like I don't know beating that level. It unlocks all the different episodes where, like, Anne had her own individual episodes of, say, like, Wally or Stumpy, like, episodes... Yeah, like, ex- oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, and to either, and either to unlock that path, you need to interact with them first, like, all of these other different characters. You need to um, interact with them first before unlocking that path. Yeah, like... That's why I just... Yeah, I mean, it's a steady progression, a slow burn, and we don't really see that a lot in the in cartoons these days. Yeah, it's definitely not. Oh, I feel like that's just. Yeah, it's definitely not there that frequently. But I don't like it. 
I just really feel like we're onto something here. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess yeah. once we start, once we start covering like those future episodes with the payoff, like yeah, like I think we'll have a lot more to say about it then. About yeah. the episodes themselves, because the, for yeah, the most part, these fun. episodes are just setups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. We're talking mostly about the future here. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's even Snow Day. There's even, like, Snow Day. There's no way Snow Day would have happened if Anne didn't get to know all the residents of Warwood. Because, like, they put their lives into her hands. Yeah. There's no way if Toe Tax didn't happen, if Lily Pad Tie didn't happen, if, well, I'm great. Wally and Anne, I'm guessing Wally and Anne happened after. But, like, yeah, if all these previous episodes where Anne got to know the, like, the Warwood residents didn't happen, that we would have never gotten that episode. Like, there is that genuine sense of regression that season one has. Like, I think maybe it's easy to miss because it's all in the Episodic same setting, but like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. I just hope, I just hope season one it, it, in the future, it gets the credit that it deserves. Cause I feel like it had like a lot of thought and like just smart writing that went into it. Yeah. It's season one. Like we've said this like multiple times, but, we won't shut up until people realize it. Season one is like very underappreciated because people just don't want to take the time to actually enjoy it. They keep looking for something that's not even there. So, but if, when you realize, but when you take the time to actually think about the episode, think about season one and enjoy it and keep those in mind in order to watch season two and season three, you realize that season one is very important. And and that's saying something because season one is season one of Amphibia is like a different kind of breed, you know? It's we don't see these kinds of seasons that often. Even though you can even though you can say that we see these multiple times. Yes, it's episodic. Yes, it takes place at one location. But you don't see the subtle continuity and build-up on other cartoons like in Amphibia. Maybe you can argue in BC, maybe Big City Greens, but that's a different type of topic. We're talking yeah. about... We're talking yeah, about... Yeah, like, that's like related a cartoon. Other... Yeah. Like, I feel like we should probably have, like, a like a 1A discussion, because I feel like we could oh, yeah, that could a be lot fun. more. Uh, yeah, that could uh, be fun. Oh, uh, Amphibia? Yeah, from uh, just Amphibia. Like, yeah, just ah, like yeah, a general, sure. yeah, just like a general view of 1A. Ah, yeah, that sure. Yeah. yeah, That could be fun, because, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're kind of doing it right now, but yeah, a general <laughs> look back for, <laughs> but yeah, a general look back for season 1A, it's kind of fun. Maybe it's, Maybe after like maybe after the se- maybe after the mid season finale. For sure. But I think I think it's a good time to like to wrap up, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you guys have any <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts on uh the episode, Nick? Um Basically like, I think basically we've been talking. Yeah. I d I don't know, like I feel like I feel like I'm sad. I feel like I'm sad things to talk about. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I, I these two episodes. I mean, they're good, and I like the setup that they provide for like the rest of the series. So yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. Yeah, and then I think Lemur covered everything he needed to say, and then like I, I'm just like fast forwarding through the episode. I don't think I think we covered everything. Yeah, I think we I think we covered enough ground for these episodes. And then uh Pixels had to leave early, but I'd I'd like to thank him for coming on to the show. Mm-hmm. And uh next week we'll be covering Sprig vs. Hop Hop and Girl yeah. Time. Oh, oh boy, another oh. another set of very, very, very hard no. episodes to talk about. Hmm. Yeah, this is gonna be it. No, because I listen. Okay, I I love Sprig vs. Hop Hop. I love I love it. So, no, I think it's generally one of the I funniest mean, episodes Amphibia has ever made. Just like there's so much good stuff about it, like every single second. But yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't I want to save it. Yeah, I don't want to get. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into it. But like, yeah, like. 
just the comedy yeah, in those episodes. Yeah, it's really good. No, but <clears throat> I think Girl Time, okay. I, I will admit that. I think that definitely is another controversial episode. Like, I was surprised a lot of people didn't like it, but we can just go into that next week then. Yeah, we're going to yeah, do that. We'll, we'll cover it next week. Actually, I guess, you know what? I think I mean, oh, fuck it. I'll, I'll join next week. Because in defense, nice. in defense nice. for girl time, I guess. Yeah, I'll defend it too. Like, I, I like, I don't know. I was surprised that the fandom didn't. Well, I, I was surprised that most of the fandom didn't, you know, really like it that much. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like, pretty. It wasn't. It wasn't that. It wasn't like hated. It was just like, it was weird. just lukewarm compared to Spring for Sahaba. But we'll, we'll talk about it next week. We gotta. Yeah, we'll, we gotta yeah, watch Alhouse. Yeah. House. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh, oh, oh what? There's an yeah. Alhouse episode yeah. this week. Holy oh. Holy. Uh, I keep it. <laughs> I keep it. Right. No, we gotta come to the oh conclusion. Oh my gosh, there's an Owl House episode this week? Dis- we can't dis- we can't I completely dis- forgot. Dis- All right. This Owl House stay, in the podcast. Stay goodbye, guys. Part out. Cut, right, up, right. cut out the Owl House dissing. All right, yeah, see you yeah. guys. Alright. See you all, all right. next this week. This will be hard to edit, though. Yeah, okay, see you next yeah. week. I'm not gonna edit this out. Alright, bye. Next week.